0: From Fox 8 Sports, you're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. On a Thursday, we always put in a little bit of overtime, and we mean it. Tonight, coming to you at 11 o'clock, welcome to Fox State Overtime Draft Edition. Sean Vazan, Garland Gillen, and I'm Juan Kincaid. No time for the big board tonight. We jump straight into the Saints' first draft pick. Number 24, they select offensive lineman Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. He's a versatile guy that can play both center and guard. Now, whether or not he can be a guy to come in and play right away remains to be seen, but he definitely gives the Saints some much-needed depth along the offensive line. Guys, second straight draft, the Saints have grabbed a center with their first overall pick. Your thoughts? Well, first
1: of all, this is a once again sign that the Saints will go with highest graded player on their board regardless of position. Um, Cesar Ruiz obviously is the guy that plays the same position that the Saints drafted last year. That guy became a starter. I understand where there would be some confusion or some uh, displeasure, if you will, from the Saints fan base. However, Jeff Ireland, since he's been aboard, they've adopted this strategy, and it has worked. So Ruiz is going to come in. He'll likely push, uh, he'll provide depth. He could push for a starting spot, depending on if he plays center or if he plays guard. They'll find the top five linemen to play on Sundays. McCoy can slide over, Ruiz could slide over. Warford, who knows what's going to happen with him going into the last year of his contract. So it is once again an indication that regardless of position, the Saints are going to go highest graded on their board.
2: And You can't dispute what Jeff Ireland's done in these last five drafts with uh, him working the show with Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. You're so right, Sean. They just took the best available guy. I know a lot of LSU fans are really mad right now that are also black and gold fans that didn't take Patrick Queen. But they need more help on the offensive line, and this guy has versatility. 26 starts at center, 5 at the guard position, only allowed 10 quarterback pressures this season. He's got he's got it all, and you as you said, Sean, best five across the board. Warford's got one year left on his contract. Toronto Armstead at one point this season coming up will get hurt. They'll have to shuffle the line. Will Clapp will have to come in, possibly move around. So you got you got some guys, you got some backups now. So I, hey, I can't dispute with Sean Payton and Jeff Ireland making Looms have done so far. So why start now?
0: And, and it seems to me that because you're getting a guy who played a lot of football at a major university in Michigan, He's versatile, guard and center. And the Saints have shown a pencil to say, you know what? If you're good enough, we'll play you in that first year. We don't have a problem with that. So this is a guy not saying he's gonna come in and start right away, but if he shows the ability, and this is gonna be a different kind of training camp this year. They aren't getting together during the off season, OTAs, rookie mini camp, then mini camp. It's about what you can do when you arrive mm-hmm. on campus if training camp starts in July
1: look, it took Eric McCoy about a week to seize that job from yes, Nick did. Easton last year. He was it was pretty quick that he was the best uh, player for the job at that center position. It could happen again with Ruiz. He can push a veteran like Larry Warford. Who knows what his you know, future is going to be like with the club. So absolutely. If he comes in, handles his business and, and is up for the challenge, the Saints will not hesitate. Think of Jari Evans back in 2006, another day one starter as a rookie. So the Saints are unafraid to do that. And again, I circle back to highest graded player. And once again, this sort of picked up steam within the last week that an interior lineman at 24 could be the way the Saints go. I got a text late Monday night about Cesar Ruiz. So it really started to pick up steam over this last week. And lo and behold, the Saints go with it at 24.
2: And three years ago, everybody was like, who's Ryan Ramchek? Who is this guy at the Mm -hmm. end of the first round? I think that's turned out pretty well for the New Orleans Saints. So uh, they, they find the guys on the offensive line that, that, that just plug them right in. Last year, Eric McCoy, they were like, who is Eric McCoy? Had a lot of starts under his belt, went right in there. As you said, Sean took Nick Easton's job. So I'm, I'm not going to doubt these guys. I know it's not the sexiest pick, picking offensive lineman. Andres Pete, everybody was like, who's Andres Pete? Hey, he's been a starter in the league, just got a massive new contract. So the Saints have uh, done pretty well on these offensive lineman picks.
0: I think if you look at past history, and when you look at the offensive line for a second, It's only really one guy on that line that's only going to play one position. That's Teron Armstead on the Mm -hmm. left-hand side. The Saints put a premium on bringing in guys' Mm -hmm. offensive line no matter what round that can be versatile and play multiple positions. That seems to be the way they want to go now.
1: Always, especially on the interior of the offensive line. And obviously we've seen Andrews Pete's versatility as well. It's going to be the five best guys. That's what it's going to be. If that's McCoy at guard, Ruiz at center. If it's Ruiz at guard, McCoy at center. If it's Warford and McCoy like it was last year, whatever the case may be, it's going to be the five best linemen uh, for the Saints come Sundays, and that's just how the Saints are going to roll with it. I'm going to defer to Jeff Ireland on this one because proofs in the pudding. I mean, the guy has drafted incredibly well since he's been here
2: and they got draft picks in the third, fourth and fifth round. Okay, we know they like to trade up. They've done it every year in the champagne air except for 2006 when he was in the draft room. So there might be a defense, a linebacker, a cornerback that the Saints have their eye on. They might trade up into the second round tomorrow night and get that guy. So there's some other big, big names that they get that are out there and the Saints are going to make more moves and possibly get a guy that can play this coming season because it looks like this guy uh, all hail Caesar is going to probably get some playing time this year.
0: Well we did mention that this team doesn't have any desperate pressing needs but they are needy in some areas more than others more than that in just a bit. First Joe Burrow he was the first guy off the board and then we had to wait a while longer to hear more LSU names. We'll evaluate all the Tigers new homes coming up and later the Panthers added a player that gave LSU fits this past season. We'll go around the NFC South to scout the Saints competition next. All right, welcome back into Fox at Overtime. We're talking NFL Draft, and the LSU Tigers were all over the first round as expected. Of course, Joe Burrow was the first name off the board. The Ohio native will stay in his home state to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. He was LSU's first top overall pick since Jamarcus Russell back in 2007. And Bengals head coach Luke Fickle said Burrow is a guy that can change a franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. Guys, this seemed like a no-brainer pick for the Bengals. Absolutely. They turned their phone line off. They stopped hearing <laughs> phone calls
1: for trade offers. Uh, they wanted Joe Burrow. They Ohio kid face of the franchise, 10 to 15 years. Very clean prospect, hard worker. Had to overcome some adversity, and the narrative is, "Wow, terrible organization, Cincinnati. Tough for Joe Burrow." Not necessarily the reality, though. I mean, this. Other than last year, before that, they were competitive getting into playoffs uh, consistently under Marvin Lewis. And Zach Taylor gets his guy, uh, new uh, Cincinnati Bengals head coach. So, um, look, I think this is going to be a good fit for Joe Burrow. And I think this is a team, I don't think he's just going to struggle right away. It's going to be a struggle and he's got to overcome eventually. But I think in a short period of time, he can help Cincinnati
2: win. I think this plays perfect into what Joe Burrow does. Uh, He likes to, when the the haters are all against him, this is how he rises. The Cincinnati Bengals haven't won a playoff game in 29 years. That's the longest uh, futility in the NFL right now in the postseason. Uh, He was doubted at Ohio State. He had to leave to go to LSU. People are like, why is LSU taking a guy that was a third-string quarterback at Ohio State? Goes to LSU, struggles first year, then all of a sudden he blows up. The Bengals, all they can do is go up. They're two and fourteen this past season. You can't go any worse. I mean, they could go one and fifteen, but I-, I think they can't do that with, with Joe Burrow. They got to go up. AJ Green has been franchise tag. He'll be healthy this year, so they got some weapons. Um, he's about to be a very rich man, and I think it's going to take uh, it's going to be bumpy this year. But I think the future will be positive for Joe Burrow with the Bengals.
0: So about sixteen minutes after the draft started, Joe Burrow was first name out of the mouths of. Out of the mouth of uh, Roger Goodell. Let's hear from Joe Burrow right now on finally getting an opportunity to go to Bengals.
2: You know, I knew I was going to have a really good season because I knew, you know, we had really good players coming back. I had great coaches, um, and we were going to re- work
0: really, really hard to do it. But to to jump up to number one overall is is crazy to me. Um, but it's a gr- it's a dream come true. So dream come true for him. Dream come true for the cheat uh, for the for the Bengals. They get a quarterback that. They think they can be a franchise guy for the next decade, but listen, this Bengals team—they were bad last year. Cover not completely bare—he'll be throwing to A.J. Green. That's not bad. Not bad. At one point
1: in time, the best receiver in the NFL. Probably not the case right now, but still a talent. Um, again, I think this is a good spot for for, for Joe Burrow. It, it looks bad on the surface, but I think give him some time, give him some seasoning, he'll have Cincinnati turned around eventually. And I think it's gonna be in the near future.
2: Yeah, they got they got some good players, man. I just. Marvin Lewis got him to the playoffs a lot last year they had a new coach come in new system takes a little while to get going they get Andy Dalton out of there they get Joe Burrow in there they're gonna probably pick up some other big time guys to get around Joe Burrow in the in the next uh, few days of this NFL draft he's a winner that's Mm. all I can say about Joe Burrow he's a winner he's won everywhere Won at small Athens Ohio one at LSU, he'll probably do it at the next level. I
0: think you're right. Hey, this just happening. Pick number thirty two in the draft, Clyde Edwards Alayer going to the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the offensively rich get richer. That's a great place for him to be. He gives that offense even more balance in the run game. He can also catch the ball at the backfield. I don't think anybody saw Edwards A'Laire having this kind of season when the season began. But man, he was fantastic this year. Wow, first round pick. Number 32, well,
1: excellent for Edwards-Elair. And I'm just visualizing in my head how wonderful of a fit that is. And that offense, that versatility by Clyde Edwards-Elair, that offensive mind like Andy, Andy Reid and Eric yeah. Um Clyde Edwards-Elair, well done, young man. A season for the ages for him. Gets into the first round. That's an incredible journey for him. I think he's going to do really, really well in Kansas City.
0: I how agree. About, how
2: about the Chiefs uh, loving with this LSU love here, at the running back position with Darrell Williams, mm-hmm. Spencer Ware, and now Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Got a lot of LSU Tigers in that backfield that they drafted in the past. I will say this, Elaire uh, is in a perfect situation man, to learn behind Tyreek Hill, one of the fastest in the game. Um, I never could have seen Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going this high in the NFL draft. Five LSU Tigers in the first round just missed the record. Mm-hmm. Miami Hurricanes with six first rounders in 2004. Can't believe Grant Elbert, Christian Fulton, didn't, didn't get in there. But uh, man, five LSU Tigers is pretty good.
0: The SEC and the national record still out there for LSU to grab over the next with six rounds. Hey, it took a while for a run on LSU players. 19 picks after Joe Burrow went number one. We found Caleb on, chase on finding a home. Jacksonville Jaguars. He battled through injuries at LSU, but his final season showed that he has NFL talent. 52 tackles, four and a half sacks. Jacksonville is getting themselves a difference maker right away if he can play up to the expectation that they think.
1: I think he's got a high ceiling. I think he's just scratching the surface on his uh, his football career. He didn't play until his junior year of high school, so I think he's a guy, he's got a high ceiling. He's not there yet, but... Jacksonville is looking to trade uh, Ngakwe, their defensive end. He can step right in. I think he's got to be in a system that fits his skill set. He is a 3-4 outside guy that's got great pass rush moves and some speed off the edge. So needs a little bit of seasoning, but that is a really, really, really good fit for Yeah,
2: Teams love edge rushers. Jacksonville got away from their Saxonville uh, mantra there this past season, struggled. I think On will get him back in there. Obviously, he tore his ACL in 2018 in the first game of the season against Miami. This past season, man, was he intimidating on and off the field. I'll never forget the <laughs> University of Texas pregame where he went to the Longhorn bench and started drinking out of their water bottles. There, <laughs> just he just he's got that he's got that confidence that you just love. Loves to talk trash, and I think he'll back it up. That's a wide open division he's in there. The Jaguars, Gardner Minshew's now their guy. Nick Foles is out. Got D.J. Chark. You got Leonard Fournette. Man, you got a lot of LSU Tigers in Jacksonville. Yeah, Leonard
0: Fournette for now. Hey, let's yes. hear from uh, Caleb Von Chase on right now. It means a lot. It means a lot. It's definitely something um, I've been waiting for all my life. Um, just for it to finally happen, it's kind of still a surreal moment. And the biggest deal here is that defensive and good ones are very hard to find.
1: Yep. Can never have too many of them, and they're hard to come by. And when you got one sitting there available to take, I think it was a little late for Chase. I thought he was going to go in the teens, but uh, he did not. So a uh, good, good landing spot and a good pick by Jacksonville. David Aranda is one of the best
2: defensive coordinators in America, so chase on learn from one of the best. So he's going to Jacksonville, where is another good defensive uh, system there.
0: One of the best receivers in a very deep wide receiver talent pool, Justin Jefferson finally heard his name called. First round, 22 Minnesota Vikings, two-star recruit out of Destrehan, but all SEC performer for the Tigers. Great pickup for Minnesota, great place for him to be.
1: Yeah, Stephon Diggs was traded obviously to Buffalo, Adam Thielen is there, a very good wide receiver so he can play alongside of him. Curious if he plays slot because that's more of Adam Thielen or on the outside. But Jay Jets, that's a good landing spot. Everyone thought he was going to go to Philadelphia at 21, but they went with Jalen Rager out of TCU, a straight burner. But Justin Jefferson, give me the production. Give me the guy that shows up on tape and gives me the productions, and Justin Jefferson is that guy. Kirk Cousins is going to love having Justin
2: Jefferson, especially on the turf there. Obviously, the last few years, the Saints have found out that going against the Vikings is a, a tough proposition there. I, Justin Jefferson's gonna play right away. As you mentioned, Sean, Stephon Diggs got traded to the Buffalo Bills. Um, they got a lot of weapons there uh, at the uh, running back spot, quarterback. Uh, I think he's gonna, and he's, he's going to a winner. He, he's going from, he's going from three, two winning programs in a row, Destrian Wildcats to the LSU Tigers, and now he's going to the Vikings there. The, Justin only knows one thing, and that's winning.
0: That's right. Let's hear from the former Wildcat right now.
1: Uh, it's a blessing uh, you only can thank God for putting me in this situation and uh, I'm really blessed to be um, in this situation just uh, being drafted in the first round to Minnesota. Uh, it's a dream come true. I've been dreaming about it since I was a little kid. So uh, finally being in this situation and uh, going through this uh, type of uh, process. Uh, it, it's amazing and it's it's a grace from God from God.
0: One of the best linebackers in the country finally found an NFL home. Patrick Queen landed with the Baltimore Ravens. They love their defense up there. 28th pick, fantastic replacement for Devin White with the Tigers who ended the draft last year. Before offseason, Queen started 12 games last year. 85 stops, 12 for loss, 3 sacks, interception, 2 pass breakups. This is a guy that's always around the ball.
1: Oh, Patrick Queen, <laughs> the one I wanted at
0: 24
1: for the Saints. And he was available. Clearly, the Saints had uh, Cesar Ruiz rated or graded a little bit higher. But, man, a great cover linebacker always around the ball and going to, similar to Clyde Edwards, hela like going to an offensive mind in Kansas City, going to Baltimore. The place that's got defense in their DNA, I think he is going to be great for the Ravens.
2: Yeah, Ravens, one of the best defenses in the NFL, and obviously that offense with Lamar Jackson. Uh, another LSU guy that's going to be playing for a contender. Uh, LSU is going to some really good spots. Some of these guys there, they're going to we're going to see a lot of guys from LSU in the playoffs next year, except for probably the number one overall pick.
0: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he always plays big in big mm-hmm. games. That does Queen. All right, the NFC South, they made some improvements, and Tua Tonga-Valoa is headed to South Beach. We'll take you around the division and look at the quarterbacks taken in the first round next. Welcome back into Fox at Overtime. Head Coach Sean Payton talking just a moment ago about his new first-round pick.
2: One of the areas we wanted to improve in this draft was, you know, an interior offensive lineman, and um, those are those are hard players to find later in their draft. We had a real high grade on on Caesar, um, and I, I think the obvious question would be, hey, he's a center. You had a center last year. Uh, obviously, we think one of them is going to be a guard
0: because we weren't we weren't drafting someone that high to come in and be a backup. All right, that's Sean Payton. Hey, in the NFC South, the Carolina Panthers went defense Sean with their seventh pick overall, grabbing big man from Auburn, Derek Brown.
1: Strong words from Sean Payton, by the way, on on Ruiz, but Derek Brown, an absolute force in the middle. Good thing the Saints drafted an interior offensive line because they got an interior defensive line within their division.
0: The Bucks picked up some protection to come. for for Tom Brady snatching Iowa offensive lineman Tristan Wirfs and the Falcons Garland got some help in defense they needed the addition of cornerback AJ Terrell from Clemson good player he's a good player but I
2: feel like it's a reach for the Atlanta Falcons if you're an LSU fan you'll remember this guy very well AJ Terrell because he was getting burned all night by Jamar Chase so maybe Saints fans can point out that Terrell will be used to be getting burned in the dome
0: Three of the first six picks of the draft quarterbacks, no surprise there beginning with Joe Burrow to Cincinnati. We know about that. Alabama Tua Tonga Valoa going to Miami. He'll be in South Beach this fall. Justin Herbert will be staying on the West Coast with the Los Angeles Chargers. Sean, real quickly about Valoa, how successful can he be there early on?
1: All about his health, but I do think he was the better prospect over Justin Herbert. I thought her, Atua and Joe Burrow, those are your two franchise quarterbacks in this draft. Miami decided to roll with him, and I think it was the right choice.
0: Garland, the biggest surprise maybe the Packers trading up for Jordan Love. Your thoughts on that?
1: Yes, no doubt. That
2: was a big, that was a kind of a uh, surprise there. Aaron Rodgers feels like the world is against him, and now they'll feel, he'll feel like it's against him again. Now that Jordan Love is behind him, it's a perfect thing with, you know, Brett Favre was there, Rodgers is behind him, breathing out his neck. Now it's going to be the same thing, Jordan Love breathing down Aaron Rodgers neck.
0: And, and Sean, we, we had heard talk that maybe Jordan Love might end up here.
1: But yeah, obviously, it's going I don't know how true smoke, that is. Smoke, smoke, smoke! Out, out of smoke. <laughs> I don't think that was ever going to happen.
0: All right, coming up, Sean lays out the Saints' remaining needs for the draft, and we'll look at which LSU players are on deck for round two. Stay with us. All right, we're on the home stretch here on overtime, and that means our final say. We're going to do things a bit different tonight, though, by looking ahead tomorrow, Sean, what the Saints have to do on days two and three. Yeah,
1: the top needs are still there. Uh, I have linebacker corner back and wide receiver the same needs coming into today or tonight. Uh, they're still available for uh, tomorrow and the rest of the draft.
0: Yeah, so we just heard Sean Payton talking about the newest pick he has Cesar Ruiz mm-hmm. basically saying we're not bringing this guy in here to learn early. He's coming in to do what Eric McCoy did is take over a starting job. Interesting really was. Pretty pointed
1: discussion, pretty pointed praise, pretty pointed words from Sean Payton to a rookie that's never obviously played a snap in the NFL. Clearly they saw what happened last year with Eric McCoy to step in and start. Perhaps Cesar Ruiz can do the same thing. It depends on what position those two guys settle in at. But What does this mean for Larry Warford? Is he still around? Is he maybe on the trading block? We'll see. Yeah,
2: uh, Duncan Holder, Larry Holder, and Jeff Duncan, who contributes to Fox State, they had a podcast about a month ago And Larry heard from the combine that some of the Saints people were down on Larry Warford. He's in the final year of his deal. Maybe Maybe they just move on from this guy. There's a plan for Cesar Ruiz. And this looks like it is uh, possibly, though it's going to take through training camp, but it looks like they're, they're trying to move Warford out of there, possibly.
0: Which is interesting what happened tonight when you saw the LA Chargers jump the Saints and grab Kenneth Murray. And we're all thinking, okay, maybe that's where the Saints were going to go mm-hmm. with the linebacker position. But this clearly shows that they had an idea what they wanted to do because it's not just about the player they're getting now, but the player they may want to move out as we get closer to the season starting. Yeah,
1: and look. Maybe that's what the Chargers thought the Saints were going to do. We don't necessarily know what the Saints would have done if Murray would have been available. Bottom line is, Ruiz is here, and it looks like he can be a starter sooner than later. I like this. I like this competition
2: in training camp. This is going to be good because there's not a lot of battles in training camp this coming this coming fall. So this is going to be something we're going to gravitate to when they do come back to the the Saints facility, which will possibly be in late July, early August, since there's no virtual offseason for the black and gold.
0: Let's talk about some LSU players that are still on the board. We always wonder what Christian Fulton would do. Would he be a guy that would go late in the first round? Obviously didn't happen, so we're looking at maybe the second round for him, maybe third. Your thoughts on that?
1: I think he's going to be a day two steal. I thought he'd be a late first round pick. Uh, probably we will get into the early second round. Uh, bit of an under-the-radar type guy, especially since he went to LSU, DBU, and was the number one corner. I know Stingley got a lot of attention last year, but Fulton was very respected, so flying under the radar a little bit. I think he's going to be a steal for someone on day two. And on Grant Dalpit there, uh,
2: I guess the... the, the uh, The the organizations didn't buy his virtual pro day where he ran a 4.3. Everything that was said against Grant Delpit's not coming to fruition. And Christian Fulton, as you said, he's one of the better guys in the league. I I can't believe he didn't go in the first round.
0: Yeah, Grant Delpit, many saw him as as the best safety in in college football at the beginning of the year. He had some injury issues, fell off a little bit, but still played really well when it counted late in the season. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.